Yeah, a lot of ad- a lot of action in the postseason throughout uh, basketball, hockey. Many champions will soon be crowned, which is uh, kind of crazy that they're all kind of happening near the same time. I mean, you know, NHL, NBA is usually at the same time, but not WNBA and baseball playoffs starting. So it's been uh, it's been fun. It's nice to get these back. I guess I guess the uh, MLS Cup is back trophy was awarded but if anything i think and you and me talked about this like that that tournament seems like such a nothing now yeah it does seem like such a nothing now and it's so funny because we were like so up for it we were like hell yeah yeah well and it was exciting it was exciting but like i remember you and me and me like is this cut like is a cup win does it mean something big and like well it might give you a little momentum that's it because like that's the only mls cup is back tournament there's ever going to be Unless we have another pandemic that causes all this chaos, you know. But foreseeably, that's probably the only MLS Cup is back champion, the Portland Timbers. So, like, that part – and just, like – and just now that, like, the season's on, like, it feels – it feels like one of those tournaments that, like, all the European clubs do now where, like, Barca and PSG and Manny, you know, Bayern, they all play, like, friendlies, like, as warm – yeah. And then they're like, here's your – international continental cup you're like this is this was a friendly i had 20 subs right exactly it's like this is a piece of trash yeah like i guess thanks but it's not like this is a real competition but right yeah nba WNBA, nhl nhl will be the first that game four going on now let's move our way on over to the nfl Jan, got a couple of questions here first before we get into picking the games. My first question for you, give me a game this week that's low-key best game of the week. You know, we all know Cowboys-Seahawks looks enticing. Chiefs-Ravens might be the game of the year. But give me one that's flying under the radar that you think is going to be a hell of a game. I mean, it shouldn't be falling under the radar, but I just think because of the like the two teams and it's still early in the season where you're not like, oh, this is contender teams – I mean, the Rams versus the Bills, that's the game for me. I mean, you got two 2-0 teams. They've been fucking talking about MVP candidate Josh Allen for every freaking day. It's time for him to face an actual competent defense, you know? So, like, we'll see. Is he an MVP candidate? Actually, this is where we'll find out. Can he beat the Rams? Can he lead this team? Can him and Stephon Diggs do it? You know, it, it looks like they can. We shall see. You know, the Rams' offense looks good. They keep rolling, you know, the same way they have been the last two games. You know, can they keep competing in that really competitive NFC division, you know, with the Cardinals, with the Seahawks, with the 49ers? We're still going to talk about them, even if they're only one and one. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a really important game for both, because if the Bills lose this one, it does become like, are you the AFC East contender? Like, are you going to beat Cam Newton? Because, you know, you have to. That's how drastic it is for you. Like the win proves that he's MVP and they're good enough, but a loss you think. Like, is that how much stake do you think is at, like, at stake in this game for Buffalo? I think it's less what's at stake, like, they can or can't do something. But in my head, you're get, you're telling me that the Bills not only are good enough to cha- challenge the Patriots, but they're going to challenge the Patriots because of how good Josh Allen is. Okay, Josh Allen, show me you can play a good defense because guess what, Matt? The Rams' defense is not as good as the Patriots' defense. So if they can't even go out there and beat the Rams' defense, then there's then it it in my head it's a very open field between the Patriots and the Bills. Whereas if they can, they're the they're the easy favorites for me. 
then they should win the AFC East if they can easily beat this Rams defense. If it's close, you know, we don't really know anything, of course, because then it's like two good teams battling a close game, both are contenders. But like, if there's like a blowout, not a blowout, if there's like a 10 point, let's say win either way, it does say a big deal. Like the Rams, they are in there with the NFC division or the Bills, they are there to win the AFC East. So that's like a really good game for like two teams that like, look really hot, but we're still not 100% sold on the reasons that they're hot. You know, that's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. I mean, because I agree with you. I think a win for the Bills makes them even more clearly a legitimate favorite for the AFC East and contender in, in the conference and such. But I don't. I guess for me, I don't think a loss for the Bills is necessarily like, oh, shit, like this isn't going to be the season we wanted because the Rams would be 3-0 and and would have wins over the Cowboys and Eagles and and bills and kind of I mean I think it would show the strength of the Rams and not so much be like oh I guess the bills aren't as good but that's Yannick's low key best game of the weekend two two and teams but kind of two and under the radar the bills for because of the bills and I think the Rams under the radar because of just the the division that they're in Russell Wilson getting MVP praise and the Cardinals being on a hot streak and the, the Niners just having injury after injury after injury. So it's easy to forget about the Rams and that crowded NFC West. My low-key best game of the weekend, I'm going with Cincinnati Bengals against the Philadelphia Eagles. Both these teams are 0-2, quite different than Yannick's pick. Cincinnati probably expected to be here, but we know that Philly did not. Wentz, is he still a, a, a possible superstar? The guy's been struggling. The guy has not looked like the kind of QB that can lead you to a Super Bowl. Burrow, the up-and-coming king. He's looked apart through two early games. The Eagles are a favorite by five points at home, which I think in itself is surprising. Like I, I think at the start of the season, I, I would guess that the Eagles would have been closer to a double-digit favorite over the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, this is the team that had the worst record last year, but only a five-point favorite. And I think the Bengals will be able to get real close to that. You know, Burrow's going to put pressure on himself because that's the kind of player he is. But Cincinnati has no pressure on them. They had the worst season last year. They got a rookie quarterback. They got a second-year head coach. They're a team that just has to go out there and play, and you're hoping you're going to see some bright stuff for the future, but there's nothing that's expected from them. And that makes for a dangerous opponent, particularly when you have your back against the wall like the Eagles do, 0-2, lots of questions being asked, team looking far, far away from the Super Bowl contender that you expected them to be. I don't have the guts, I think, to pick the Bengals, but – I, I choose this one a little later, but yeah, this is my game of the week. I think it's going to be a fun one. It's, it's exciting to see where Burrow could go and, and, and what was happening with wins and, and both these teams. It's a, it's a interesting Owen two matchup between these teams. I love that pick. I love that pick because it, it just says so much about the quarterbacks, right? Like, of course, Joe Burrow, you know, two games in looks the part, but if he can go in there and beat the better quarterback versus Carson Wentz, regardless of how bad Carson Wentz has looked so far, that's big. That's big time, you know, if he can send Philly to the two and three. So that's definitely something. And Carson Wentz needs this game, Matt. He needs this game. He needs to he needs to he, he does. needs to win. I wouldn't even he needs this game. And I'm not saying to play well. He needs to also show that he can win. It's that bad. It's that uh, bad. He has to he has to I mean, I think he has to play well and, and they have to win by two touchdowns for Philly fans to feel any sense of okay, we might be all right. Because this is the right, Bengals. Exactly. Like, I mean, this is the team that had the worst record last year. This is this is a team that's not supposed to be – they're not supposed to be good right away after getting, you know, the top pick and stuff. Like, they're still supposed to be some progressive years. So this is a team that 
the Eagles are expected to beat. Like if they win on a last second field goal, I don't think anybody's going to be as a Philly fan walking away from that game and being like, okay, yeah, we're going to, we've, we've righted some wrongs through this early season. Like I, I think the same questions are going to be there for Philly if, if it's a close game. Right, exactly, because you, you want to say the Eagles, it's not like, oh, can we finish 8-8? Eight and eight? They want to win the NFC East and be a contender. So, like, where, you know, they have to win, and they have to win by a good margin against a not, non-playoff team. You know, that just has to be the – that has to be the um, – yeah, that has to be the expectation for Carson Wentz, you know, because at that point, if you're 0-3 and you can't even win the N- NFC East in the last couple games, just start it already, you know, put in the, put in the rook and let's get it done at that point. So – um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's a big game. You know, I still, I'm still not willing to put Carson in the coffin yet. You know, we'll see, you know, I, I, I think he's just had a rough start to the season, you know, and I think he, he still got time. It, it hurts that his rookie is hurt and Jalen Rieger. I think that would really help him. You know, if he could have a rookie out there, uh, working like he does. And obviously his receiver core is not the strongest, but he, they don't need to be, you know, just you got Miles Sanders there. You can play the check down game. You got enough weapons to like, you know, do the play action game. They might just have to pull a Baker Mayfield and just like, you know, play him easy, you know, until he can really find his stride and, and hope, you know, and, and he will, if he, if they can do that, but we'll see, we'll see. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they certainly have a lot of, of injury issues in Philly. Like I think that there is that to be said for Carson, the line receiver wise, but he's got uh, probably the best tight end tandem in the NFL. Sanders is back. And, and I think too, it's been, there's been stuff that we've seen from Carson Wentz early on in the season that has been, it, it hasn't been like, Oh, you're playing poorly because there's injuries around you. It's more like you're, you're just playing poorly, whether you would have the guys around. I mean, maybe if you'd have the guys around you, it would be going better because they'd be able to uplift your poor play a little bit, but you're playing poorly nonetheless. Right, exactly. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself, buddy. All right, my man. Let's go on over. We're talking playoffs now. Give me two teams. Can be one from each conference. Can be two from same conference. Does not matter. But two teams that missed the playoffs last year that are going to make it this year. I mean, yeah, this is an interesting question always. But I think for me, it's really clear. You've got the Los Angeles Rams. We talked about them already. They look good. They're 2-0 and early. Their offense, it's not like it's the most talented offense in the world, but they just know how to play with each other. You know, those guys, they do what they need to do to win, and then the defense takes care of the rest with Aaron Donald. You know, they just really they really look like they're in a groove there with Sean McVay. I really like what's going on in L.A. at response. You know, they got a hard division, fair, right? They play the, you know, play the Seahawks, they play the Cardinals, they play the 49ers, obviously, twice each. But... Otherwise, they play the Jets, they play Washington, they play Chicago, they play Miami, and they play in New York, in the New York Giants. So, like, they can win a lot in that schedule and get, like, a win or two in their division and still be fine for the playoffs. So, I think that they make the playoffs. I think they're one of the NFC teams that do, especially with the extended playoffs. On the other side of the ball in the AFC, gotta go Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, you gotta go Pittsburgh Steelers. They're rolling early. They got Big Ben pulling the strings with two stud receivers in Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson. Looks like he's finally ready to step into that second receiver role. They got two explosive youngsters in Claypool and Washington also. They got a running back in James Conner who played like they want him to in the last game, so hopefully that keeps up. And a somehow better defense, like somehow better than last year, which makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, Bud Dupree is a monster, and I just love watching him play all the time. 
And other than Baltimore, they get two wins against each of the other two AFC North opponents. They should, you know. So in my head, they're an easy pick for the playoffs, and uh, and they will make it after missing barely last season, and only because they had you know you as quarterback. <laughs> Dude, if they had me at quarterback, we would have been Super Bowl champions. Are you kidding me? Would have taken them all the way. I'd be a Steelers oh, legend. They would they forget they'd forget about Big Ben. They'd forget about Bradshaw. They'd already be building my statue over there at Heinz Stadium. Trust me. Yeah, I mean, I think for for this one, I felt kind of some obvious ones. I, I certainly feel like the Steelers are, are the clear answer. Like, there's just I, I don't think there's any way they don't make the playoffs. Um, and then you know, Cowboys on the other side. I think they look like kind of a clear clear team that that should do it, especially you know, considering the state of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so I actually, my NFC one, I, I was right there with you. Um, McVay and Goff are back to their winning formula. You know, we've talked about it before. They like, they're establishing that running game. They're getting Goff comfortable in the passing game with play action. Woods is getting open cup. Higby, this, this offense is, is, is back to the, to their formula that took them to the Super Bowl, and they look sharp. You know, Goff, Goff looks as good as he's ever looked. McVay's calling the right plays, and and these weapons are getting open. And, you know, I don't think I've probably given quite enough love to Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. The defense, you know, linebacker-wise certainly isn't as as good as it's been in the past, but Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald are, are about as good as a one-two punch in the NFL, offensively or defensively. So you get two guys like that that can impact so much of the game just in themselves, you know, Donald on the line and, and Ramsey in the passing game. That – those are some X factors in the playoffs. So I, I think they make it back and, and they could be a tough out AFC. I got, a, I got a little sexy with it. I went Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. They're going to get it done. You know, yeah, I think, yeah, they, yeah. I, I think they've got an easy enough schedule. They got games against the Browns, Jets, Dolphins. Uh, if they're going to be a playoff team, those should all be easy one wins. Obviously they got the chiefs twice, but chargers are still, eh, who knows? Broncos. We'll see what happens with drew lock. Although Driscoll did look well as the backup. But I, I think Carr and this team are going to make just enough plays. And I think, too, this is going to show, you know, that the, the seventh seed is, is kind of a fun thing to get because I think they're going to sneak into that seventh seed. It's going to give an opportunity to teams that normally might, you know, not make it, might not be a playoff team, and going to create a little more chaos in the playoffs because once you're there, you never know what can happen. But, yeah, we both got the Rams out of the NFC making it back to the playoffs. I'm taking Vegas. Jan going with, of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers barely missed out last year. They should be back there with Big Ben back at the helm. Jan, let's turn our our attention over to fantasy quickly before we make our selections on the NFL games this week. I'm going to start us off talking about who's going to be the high score this week. It's a shootout alert in Seattle. Dak Prescott, fourth in yards. Wilson's seventh. uh, Russell Wilson's the top fantasy quarterback. While Prescott is fourth there as well. Russell Wilson leading the league with somehow nine passing touchdowns after two games. And while Dak only has two passing touchdowns, he does have three rushing touchdowns, which six points for your quarterback. That's that's big point-wise. Seattle's averaging 36 and a half points a game. Dallas at 28 and a half. This one's just gonna be absolutely explosive. Uh I, I think um the, both these quarterbacks are it's just gonna be a back and forth affair with these guys dueling it out in Seattle on Sunday. So I see big games out of both those quarterbacks. Uh, my other big score this week, I'm going with Juju Smith-Schuster, 
Texans defense has struggled so far this year, and they've not faced a receiver even close to Juju Smith-Schuster's caliber. I think Watson's going to keep Texans in the game, which means Big Ben's going to throw the ball a little bit more. Juju's going to want to find the end zone after not being able to in week two. So I see a big week for Juju and the Steelers against the Texans. Jan, who do you see going off this week in fantasy? Yeah, I got one name for you, buddy. Calvin Ridley. He's looked like an absolute stud for the Atlanta Falcons. We talked about him last week. He looks like he's ready to take out for Julio Jones. And who is he playing? He's playing the Chicago Bears, who do not have a secondary that is even a little scary. So I see that Calvin Ridley kind of goes off in this game. And you know why? Because Julio Jones might not play. That means he's he's receiver numero uno for a Matt Ryan that loves to throw 500 yards a game. He might have 200 yards in this game. I mean, my gosh. So I'm going Calvin Ridley is going to be the high scorer in this week. And uh, another shout out to my James Robinson for giving me 30 points when I did not expect it. Yeah, Calvin Ridley, number one receiver right now in fantasy. Who who would have seen that? I mean, I think I think we all <clears throat> expected him to make you know another jump and certainly could be a, a great receiver in the league. But his kind of his first two games, he's been explosive. He's he's looked like what Julio Jones has done for so many years for Atlanta. Right, exactly. I mean, he's just looked explosive. Looked like he has in Alabama and made a jump that we were expecting, but not at this rate. So really good. You're lucky if you have him, that's for sure. And I do not. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, because he wasn't going – I mean, he went, I'd say, like fourth or fifth round in most places, but pretty good value for the top receiver. Yannick, who's going to disappoint this weekend in fantasy? Oh, I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but uh, there is a matchup this weekend between the Packers and the Saints. And, uh, you know, it's obviously a matchup of – legendary quarterbacks Aaron Rodgers Drew Brees hold all the records basically uh other than the one that Tom Brady holds but uh yeah the Packers are good I mean the Packers are just so good and it's not even Aaron Rodgers it's it's you know Aaron Jones and that offensive line Aaron Rodgers gets to do whatever he wants at this point and yeah Devontae Adams might be out but I'm not worried about that even if he is and I doubt that he will be too so it, it it's it just looks like a game where Drew Brees is going to have to throw his way out of it. And I don't, after watching that game, I do not trust Drew Brees throwing himself out of a, in a shootout. I just don't. And so I see Drew Brees throwing three picks in this one. I really do. So, if, you know, if wow. you court, I really do. I think, you know, he's got to throw his way out of this one. I think the way he's been throwing, you don't want him to have to throw his way out of a game. That's not no, who he is anymore. You don't. So I think Aaron Rodgers is going to force him to, and, you know, it, it's going to be bad for everybody to watch. So, yeah, Drew Brees is my disappointment for the week. Drew Brees. I hope he throws three picks. That'd be great for my pack. Right. <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. You know, uh, Bill, my my dis- disappointment for the week, Bill Belichick, defensive mastermind, and part of that, you know, my mastermind defensive coaching is really centered around his game plan of taking out an offensive offense's central player. For Vegas, that's Josh Jacobs. I think he's he's going to make sure that if Vegas is going to beat New England, it's going to be off of the arm of Derek Carr. He's not going to let Josh Jacobs run around and open up the offense for the Raiders and, and get 100 yards and a couple touchdowns. So I think if you're an owner of Josh Jacobs, maybe still start him because there's not a lot of other great options. Um, tough to like find somebody that can really make up for him even on a slow day. But I, I do think it's going to be a tough day for Josh Jacobs against the Patriots 
defense. I just see Belichick trying to cancel him out of the competition. Now for under the radar players, I'm going to stay here in New York, baby. I'm going Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard. Okay. Jones already showing improved relationships with both of his receivers on the field and the San Francisco 49ers come into this game, literally limping. They have half the team on the injury report. You know, this team's depleted and while they're the favorite, and I think 49ers are still going to be able to pull this game out. I think, you know, not having Bosa, not having all the guys they have. I mean, this this is going to be a, a depleted Niners team. I think that gives the Giants a little confidence. I think Jones finds Slayton and, and, and Sterling Shepard all over the field. Giants still lose, but but I see Daniel Jones finding my, – my, my under the radar is, is Shepard and Slayton, not Daniel Jones, although I think Daniel Jones will also have a solid day. Love that. Love that pick. And Darius Slayton, obviously surprising people already. So I love that pick. I got a, I got a under the radar pick, my friend, that is a blast from the freaking past. All right. So the, um, I, I love this pick and I, and I, I made it and I was like, that's silly, but you know what? I I'm taking it. So here's what I think, right? We all know that players who are uh, not players, sorry, coaches who play under Bill Belichick love to eject uh, Belichickian theory, as we will say. And we just mentioned what Belichickian theory is, is take out your best player. If you're going to lose, don't be it because of the best player, right? Now, we have one head coach who needs to win, and that is Matt Patricia with the Lions. And what is he going to do? He's going to triple coverage Dondre Hopkins. He just is, (laughs) you know? So because he does that, I think we got Larry Fitzgerald getting like 90 yards in the in the air, a touchdown wow. at the end zone. Larry. I got Larry Fitz. I got Larry Fitz one one foot in the grave. I see Larry Fitz just having a ridiculous game for no reason other than he's wide open and Kyler Murray's a good quarterback. That's really it. I really see hey, that. That's all. I mean, sometimes that's the only formula you need. That'd be. I mean, who doesn't? How do you not like? I don't think there's anyone in the world that like doesn't like Larry Fitzgerald. The guy is just- right. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you have you seen that clip of him in the first game where they were gonna like not get the field goal before halftime, and he literally like took the ball from Dondre Hopkins and he's like put it on the thing so they could get it off in time. Like, <laughs> he's just so smart. And, yeah, and he has like he has like six catches in both games, and like it's low yardage, fine, but that's only because he's not gonna spread the field. But he could have like twelve catches in this game because he's always underneath. You know, like yeah. truthfully, he might. So I think I think especially when Larry Fitzgerald when Larry Fitzgerald's your third option, that's not too bad. Maybe even fourth because they pass it to the running back a decent amount. Like that, I'd take that. Right, that's like that's good. I'll take that all day. I'll take that all day. But yeah, I see Larry Fitz having a surprisingly good game. If I mean, if you have, I'm not saying. I'm not saying I would start him if you have another player at your flex, but if you're if you are like in injury rave season, you know, and you don't know who to trust, and you got Larry Fitz on the bench, this is the week to give him the throw because Matt Patricia is going to be like, I got to take Dondre Hopkins out, and he forgets that Kyler Murray has Larry Fitz as his cover blanket, so that's going to be the problem. Yeah, I suppose all our fantasy predictions should be, you know, forwarded with the fact that we are in a 10 man PPR league, because I mean, it, ma- it matters how many people you got in your league. If you're PPR or not. So me and Yannick are in a 10 man PPR league. So usually I, I try to go off of predictions of what that kind of looks like. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, don't play Larry Fitz if you're in a standard league. That's going to end up terrible. I like he's going to get 11 points max. But you know, hey, otherwise do it. I don't know on. why you're not. Why are you not come playing on, Larry. PPR? It's 2020. PPR is the way to go. I don't know what you're doing otherwise. <laughs> hey, hey now. I like I like not PPR. Oh gosh, it's just such a running back game. Really is. Really, really is. Oh well. boy. It's kind of good though now because the game's so not a running game, back game. Like there's so many good. Like there's you can find you know good receivers everywhere. Good running backs. That's true. Not quite. All right, we are gonna make our picks for this NFL weekend. I have to apologize. Last weekend because we we're gonna go like back and forth. I pick one. Yannick picks one. Yadi dotty, Lottie dotty. And I just like I picked the first my first game and then I just like kept going. I just I don't know what took over me. I had to get this information out of my body, but I apologize for that, Yannick. No, it's okay, buddy. I was you were excited. I get it. I get hey. it. I get it. It's like it's time to pick games, and I'm going to pick them all right effing now. After week one, I am five and three. Yannick is five and two. I don't know how he picked one more game than me, but we'll somehow figure that out and get it all even. Regardless, Yannick, why don't you make your first pick of the weekend? Okay, I will. And I'm going to start at home field with the Patriots playing the Raiders. Uh, The Patriots are a five and a half favorite right now. Uh, I am going to take the Patriots and they will cover the spread. I agree. I think that Bill Belichick is going to take out Josh Jacobs for the game. Now, I think the Raiders have enough to beat, beat the Patriots and make it close for sure. But Derek Carr's arm, I trust a lot less than Josh Jacobs' legs. So, I'm going to say that the Patriots come out with this one. Also, Cam Newton's coming out with a vengeance. It's his fault. Not his fault, but in his head, it's his fault that they didn't beat the Seahawks last week. So you know that he's going to come out with a chip on his shoulder and do really well. And the Raiders defense hasn't shown me that they're ready to hold everything back just yet. Uh, I also think Belichick's going to exploit exploit cars and accuracy at times. And Stephon Gilmore is going to get a pick in this one. Uh, I also... If the Patriots are going to win, it's going to be more by more than a field goal, Matt, because they're not going to win by a field goal because they don't have a kicker that they trust to take a field goal. It's still Nick Falk, and they're like, we don't trust him. He's just the only guy that isn't missing every five seconds. So You just have to have a kicker on the roster. Right, exactly. So, like, I I think that it's pretty – it's going to be, uh, you know, like a touchdown win, maybe more, by the Patriots. That's my first pick. Nice. I like it. I'm going to stick uh... – Home home field as well. I'll go with the Packers Saints game, although it might be the game of the week. Saints are favored by three points. You know, when the schedules got released, this this game worried me for the Packers. That's why the Minnesota winner, like at Minnesota to start, I was like, we got to win that one because week three against the Saints, I don't know. You know, they've been an NFC favorite for the last few years. And you go down to Louisiana, you go down to New Orleans, and it's a tough, tough place to win. Uh, Rodgers and Breeze, two and two against each other. Breeze winning the most recent battle in 2014. Uh, you know, after that performance in Vegas by the Saints, I, I'm taking the Packers to, to win by three. Easy. The Packers have so much balance on offense. You got Aaron Rodgers slicing and dicing again. Aaron Jones, best running back in the league right now. Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers. There's just so much balance. Team's playing great. No fans in the dome is a huge get for the Packers. Like the fact that you don't have to deal with with the New Orleans fans is is a huge bullet to dodge. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think Green Bay wins this one, and I think Green Bay wins easy in in, in this game. I really don't think the Saints, unless it's a different Saints team than we saw Monday, 
against the Raiders. I don't see the Packers having too much trouble against New Orleans, which is surprising considering I think we we thought that could be, you know, NFC championship game preview. Um possibly, but not looking that way at the moment for New Orleans. Yeah, yeah give me I, your next pick. I agree. I think this is pretty clearly a a Packers win here. I mean, unless the same Unless, unless the Packers hire Tyrod Taylor's doctor and he, you know, injects Rodgers the wrong way before the game, I think it's, I think it's all good for the for Green Bay fans. So they should be fine there. Um, what a crazy story that was! But um, truly, truly, I was like, "Are you kidding me? That's awful! I feel so bad for Tyrod Taylor because because yeah. his job is over now. It's gone. He doesn't have no, a job." They say they say he's still the starter, and like that is. I mean, that, if that's the way you lose your gate, like your starting job, like like you got to give the guy an, another chance, right? But like then probably not. Like it's Herbert's the franchise right. quarterback. And if he's playing well enough, it's, that'd be really stupid to be like, all right, we're going to bench you because Tyrod got stabbed. You know, all, like it's insane, yeah. but I don't think right. you can bench Herbert if he's playing well. Right, exactly. It's It's just a – bad situation all around there's no one else to say it uh i have the next game that i'm gonna predict is the bears against the falcons falcons are a uh uh you know a minus three here on the on the you know betting chart and i i just think the falcons are gonna come out and and clobber the bears the bears are two and oh and let's just be honest matt they aren't good come on they aren't good so the Falcons have this high flying offense, high flying offense, right? They got Calvin, regardless of Julio Jones, they got Calvin Ridley, they got Hayden Hurst, they got Todd Gurley playing better, they got Russell Gage on the outside. I mean, he's going to throw for 500 yards on them. He just is, and it's going to be crazy. And I have another thing, right? So I'm taking the Falcons to easily cover the spread in this one with the win against the Bears, get their first win. Bears are no longer undefeated, as life should be. And Matt. If the Falcons' defense is bad enough to let Mitchell Trubisky throw all over them, fire the coach now! It's over. It's yeah. over. And their and your coach is a defensive-minded coach. That'd be uh, yeah. That's yikes. terrible. Because he's going to have to throw five touchdowns in order to keep up with Matt Ryan. And so if he does, what do you say? You have to say that Mitchell Trubisky is the best quarterback of all time, unless you want to get don't get fired. Like that's what it is. Like truthfully. <laughs> So drastic, you have to take it. Oh gosh, hey, that could be the case. Well, I, yeah, I think I, I see the Falcons bouncing back in that one. A little more of a favorable matchup than they than they've had. I mean, tough tough opening sight with the Seahawks and the Cowboys. I got the Rams versus the Bills. Jan, you already talked about this one a little bit earlier. Two and O teams. Bills are on top of the AFC East. Rams, of course, tied with the Cardinals and the Seahawks in the NFC West. Bills are favored by two and a half, and I'm going to take the Bills. You know, the Bills D hasn't been quite as stifling as we saw it last year, but most of the pieces are back, so you know that success. You know you know what they can do is all there, and I think they're going to find their groove this week when they stifle the running game of the Los Angeles Rams, and therefore that's just going to stop Goff's ability to open up the passing game. If he doesn't have that play action working as effective as it can be, he looks like a different quarterback, and I think the Bills are, are going to – Take care of that running game enough where the play action isn't as effective. Josh Allen, he's going to make a couple plays. He still remembers those comments by Jalen Ramsey a few years ago. I see a couple plays being made by him on the ground instead of in the air. And the Bills getting a win and moving to 3-0. 
Yeah, I love that pick. I love that pick. I mean, I, you know, Josh Allen, prove me wrong. Be the MVP candidate everybody says you are. Please, please, please do it. Do it for all of us. Uh, the next game. He has gotten I, better. It's just like, how much is the question, right, you know? Right. You have to play a better team for me to say anything. That's just got to be the case here. Uh, so the next game I'm going to do, 49ers against the Giants. You know, the injury teams battle it out to see who's less injured, truthfully. I mean, it's hard to call. The 49ers are clearly the better team, but like you said, they're playing with half their team. It's like they're playing with their B team and they don't even mean to. So, like, how how much better are they? You know, we'll see. Uh, I, it's hard to call. I'll take the 49ers. I think the Giants only lose by a field goal, so I have them, you know, covering the spread here just barely. And, uh, you know, because it's, it's, it's four under. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the 49ers injuries on defense is going to be the big difference why the Giants can keep it close. You know, and the question is, how will the 49ers do without their top receiver and rusher, Raheem Moistert? And I have the answer, Matt. Better than the Giants will do without Saquon Barkley. That's just the truth. Like, they have, you know, Raheem Mostert's great, but they don't, you know, losing Saquon, you can't, like, say that that's not there. And also, the Giants' offensive line has to show me that they can protect whatever running back is back there. Like, you want to talk this whole thing about signing Devonta Freeman. He's going to last two games before he gets injured, too, if the offensive line can't do anything. So... I think, you know, regardless of the 49ers being short on on uh, defense, that the offensive line needs to be look better. And the Giants are going to be playing with Devonta Freeman also. They're going to be playing with some makeshift running back core where Deion Lewis is your top rusher, and that's not what you want against the 49ers defense. So I have the 49ers winning. I think Giants cover the spread just barely by one. Yeah, it's kind of I – don't, I don't know if it's um, more of a, a credit to the Niners – and the team they've made, or more of a like <laughs> reprimandum uh, on the Giants that the Niners can have their quarterback out, their running back out, their defensive. Like the Niners have so many guys that aren't going to play, and they're still the favorite. They like that is not not a great sign new york i mean i know you're missing barkley but the niners are missing like half their squad right yeah exactly it's uh it's not a good time for anybody and if anyone else gets injured on any of those teams just lock up the shop and don't play in metlife anymore please please yeah. for everyone's sake please i have wondered like the nine if the niners are a little bit like cuz they had jets last week giants this week like i wonder if they're like being a little if overly cautious with some of these injuries and just being like well we're playing the giants and jets i We'll probably be okay, guys. So I, I wonder if there is a little bit of that of just like, let's let them recover. We'll, we'll play them in in more important games, which they're they're going to be. They still haven't played. They still got five of their uh, divisional games, which those alone are are going to be a hell of a slate. So who knows? My next game: Titans against the Vikings. Titans are a two and a half point favorite, and for that reason, I'm going to be a dumbass and pick the NFC North Vikings. There's truly no reason to believe in the Vikings here, but that's exactly why I think Cousins and Thielen are going to have a huge day. You know, the Titans, as I said, they're not a team that's really going to blow you out. Uh, Tannehill has looked more dangerous in the passing game, but this team really is about Derrick Henry and playing defense. Cousins, randomly when he's got his back against the wall, will come up big. Only in the regular season. So, like, this is game three. They're 0-2 going up against the Titans. Back up, Backs up against the wall a little bit. He's, he's going to come up big because there's not that much pressure on Kirk Cousins. There's just enough. There's enough to light the fire, but 
you gave him too much and it's a little, you know, combustible and we see the turnover prone Kirk Cousins. But I, I, I think there's enough of, of a little, you know, adversity that the Cousins is going to come out playing well. Vikings, quite frankly, have to have this win. If not, Mike Zimmer's uh, seat is about to become very, very hot in Minnesota. But I do think they get the win over the Titans. Wow, that's a that's a ballsy pick. That's a ballsy pick. I love it. That's why we make these picks, though. That's why we make these picks. You know what? You made a ballsy pick. I'm about to make a ballsy pick, too. Really quick, I want to update you guys on the playoff games going on right now. We got the Stanley Cup Finals going to OT. I love the, I love when we update scores of stuff that by the time they hear it is already done. Hey, you know what? It's my it's favorite. What, no, I like I like doing like this. It's just fun. It's just like, hey guys, you won't believe it. It's three three, and the people that are listening to be like, well, no, they ended up winning seven four, jackasses. <laughs> right, but thanks, but thanks for no thanks. It added to overtime. I, this is in real life. This is real life right now. Uh, and right now, my Celtics are up 16, I believe, in the fourth quarter. So they look like they're grabbing game five. Good for them. Gordon Hayward making some important points down the stretch. Good for him as well. Um, so hopefully I'm not eating my shorts yesterday because of a crazy, you know, comeback that I'm not missing here. Anyway, let me go with a ballsy pick. Let me go with a ballsy pick. I have one. Uh, the Washington play the Browns, and the Browns are a seven-point favorite. But I'm taking the Washington football team to win and cover the spread. I love that defense. Baker Mayfield, e- Baker Mayfield is not perfect, especially under pressure, and that's exactly what the Washington defense gives you. Antonio Gibson's coming into his own. Look for Terry McLaurin to have another great game. Dwayne Haskins to stay interception-less in this one, I'm taking the Washington football team by 10, and that is my ballsy pick for the week. I love that. I love that. I uh, I got – I you know, I suppose you could call this a, a bit of a ballsy pick. I, I got Bengals and the Eagles here. Talked about it a little bit already. Eagles are a five-point favorite. I don't think the Eagles can cover that five points. I mean, have you seen this offense? I'm not sure they can outscore anyone. Five points would be a blowout with with the way that Carson Wentz and this offense have been playing. I, I really want to be bold here and take the Bengals straight up and say Burrow gets his first win and gets it done against the Eagles. I do think the Bengals are just just have so many deficiencies that even with the struggles that Philly is going through right now, I think they're going to be able to to overcome them because of just the state of the Bengals. But I think the Bengals cover the five point spread. It's a close win for Philly. And Philly fans are still sick to their stomach about their team after barely sneaking by Mr. Burrow in Cincinnati. Right. I love that. Yeah, I, d- I definitely don't. Five points. What sh- What makes you think they can score five points? Yeah. Over? Absolutely Please. nothing. Unless you give the ball to Miles Sanders and he goes off for 300 yards. Give me a break. Give me a break. All right. I'm going to go with another team who's kind of on the hot seat and needs a win but won't get it. It's the Texans versus the Steelers. Steelers are a four-point favorite. They they win, and they cover the spread easily. I mean, the defense is going to stuff David Johnson easily, which means Deshaun Watson's going to have to throw his way out of this one. And while Deshaun Watson hasn't played bad, I've not seen anything from the Houston offense to show me that he can do that effectively. I mean, so I, I think the Steelers win this one by by a couple scores. You know, it's just it's another bad day. Bill O'Brien, why are you there? Who knows? No one will ever know. But you know what would be a really big you know what would be a Bill O'Brien move that I think would help him and it would be again an ex an, a, a Bill Belichickian move 
that has happened in the past, go out and sign Antonio Brown, my dude. Go out and sign Antonio Brown to a one-year, we cut you if you're stupid deal, and give Deshaun Watson a weapon. If he lasts one game, fine. If he lasts the season, great. But he doesn't have a team, and he needs some money, so might be exciting. Yeah, I mean, Antonio Brown of old would be a, a, a good weapon to have, but so many teams have, have dreamt that that will be the case. I, I wouldn't touch Antonio Brown with a 10-foot pole. I think I think the guy's too toxic for a team, but obviously, you know, if he could stay in line and be the the receiver that we've seen him be, Watson needs Watson needs about a fifth of that, let alone all that talent. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Jets and Colts, the biggest line of the weekend. The Colts are favorite with eleven and a half points. A little bit of a conundrum, the Colts are. You know, they opened the season with a loss to the Jags, which after last night looks even more, you know, quizzical. You're, you're just kind of like, what? And then they dominate the Vikings, 28-11. to 11, Just absolutely blow by Cousins at defense from last year showing up again. The good news for the Colts is this week, whether your team's figured it out or not, you get to play the New York Jets. And, and so go ahead and knock that on the win, co- win total. And I think they're going to cover the 11.5 points. I just think the Jets are just so sorry that Phillip Rivers and that rushing attack are going to be able to do enough to outscore them and get an easy win over New York as Adam Gase's walk to the unemployment line gets a little shorter. Yeah, he's just on the plank. He's just going to jump in the water soon, honestly, before they kick him off. Yikes. I mean, he's just never been good, so I just don't know what people are doing. It's ridiculous. Anyway... Let's talk Panthers Chargers. Chargers have a five and a half game uh, uh, kind of bet lead. What do you call it? A five and five a half, half point spread. There you go. Chargers I, are favorite. I, lost, I lost the word really quick. Five and a half point spread. It's getting late. This is a late uh, recording for us. Yeah, guys, it is currently eleven oh five Eastern time, and so we're not used to this. We usually do it, you know, midday. So uh, excuse us we're for that. Too old. We're too old. We're both we, dinner hours ago. I should have been asleep at seven. Um, but yeah, the, but uh, the Chargers are a five and a half point spread favorite. Uh, I love that because you know I I you know I want Justin Herbert to start this game. I don't know what's going to happen there. I I thought he was starting this game, so maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, I think the Chargers will win. I covered. I think they'll cover that spread. I think that defense is good. I think that secondary is going to hold DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson more than other secondaries have so far, you know, and Panthers without Colin McCaffrey, they're going to struggle. You know, Teddy Bridgewater's, you know, all good and well, but with a good Chargers secondary and no safety blanket, I do not like the Panthers in this one. I think there's a lot of turnovers on their end. Justin Herbert's arrived. If he plays, I think it's good for them. I think Austin Eckler gets back up to his kind of standard that we expect from him against a weaker defense. So yeah, I have the Chargers over the Panthers covering the spread. Yeah, I think I think Tyrod's still out. So I think I think Herbert is still lined up to play right now. Cert- certainly looked good last week against against the Chiefs, which I hope right. he does well. I, re- I really like Justin Herbert. I liked watching him at, at Oregon. I, th- I thought his last year he made a lot of good improvements. Um and, and you can already see that in that first game against Kansas City using that mobility and using the size and, and such a lot of, a lot of raw skills that can make for a wonderful NFL quarterback. I'm going to go Buccaneers Broncos. 
I was not brave with the Bengals earlier, but I'm going to be brave in this pick. Tom Brady is eight and nine against the Denver Broncos. The dude cannot beat them. He cannot win in Colorado. It doesn't matter who, who their quarterback is. Jeff Driscoll last week played really well against the Steelers, which is supposed to be the best defense in the league. So if you can put up or shut up against the Steelers, I think you're going to be able to, to do well against anybody. So I Driscoll comes in, just plays that cowboy style. He's going to find Noah Font for a couple touchdowns. Of course, the Cortland Sutton loss is big for the Broncos. They don't have a ton of weapons. But I'm going Denver Broncos upsetting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers straight up. Buccaneers are favorited or a favorite by six point, but I'm taking the Broncos just straight up on the money line. Upset special from Mr. Smith. Love that. I mean, yeah, did the Broncos sign Blake Bortles though? Am I wrong there? Did they sign Blake Bortles? I'm pretty sure they did, which is I I hope that's not what they're trying to go for because um, that would be- Yeah, I th- I think so, but I I mean I just I think he's just to be backup just cuz then cuz I don't, I don't think they've got another backup for right. uh Sure. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm not Driscoll. saying I'm just like that scared me. I was like don't do that, please. Just start Jeff Driscoll. He did well. Yeah. And I love that pick. I think no. the Bucs- I can't imagine. I can't imagine even if they were going to have Bortles start. I think they ju- they just signed. So, you know, it's like can't imagine he'd be ready in that offense. Right. Exactly. 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 Okay. My last pick of the day: Lions Cardinals. I talked about this one already with my Larry Fitz sleeper pick for fantasy. It's the Cards, and it's easily covering the five and a half point spread. The Lions have allowed 69 points in two games, and now they play Kyler and D-Hop? LOL! Yeah, right. That's not happening. Come on, guys. That's ridiculous. Uh, there's So, like, I already said it. Cardinals easy. So let's talk about some small things, you know? Can Kyler Murray start to, you know, wane back on the interceptions? I think that's what he's going to be working on this time especially. I think that it's going to be a lot of, you know, because he's got two interceptions in two games. It's not what you want. You know, even if it's from a low, you know, even if it's in two wins. So that's going to be really interesting. Uh, Kenny Galladay returns for the Lions. Can that reignite that offense, which has looked kind of weird in the first seasons? Uh, it's big for them. That is big for them. We'll see what he can do, you know, what the injury did to him. Um, and also, you know, I said it. I think Patricia is going to take out D-Hop from this game. So can Kyler Murray, you know, stay good without Dondre Hopkins? You know, that's just kind of where I stand with that. And but yeah, the Cardinals are gonna Cardinals are gonna win that game so easily. It's it's not even funny. It's funny that like I feel like a couple of years ago we probably would have been like Lions, Cardinal, like both teams struggling. Like who who's better? Neither team's really that good. And now it's just like now nah, the Cardinals are gonna probably destroy them. Most likely. Yeah. That's what off-season trades do for you, buddy. Well, off-season trades and and drafting Kyler Murray number one overall, buddy. There you go. There you and go. That also that helps. helps quite quite a bit. That yeah. aids it. That aids it. Yeah, gotta have someone to get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. Oh gosh, not named Rosen. All right, my last pick before we both do the game of the week. It's Cowboys Seahawks. Seahawks four and a half point favorite, of course. 2-0 after wins against Atlanta and New England. The Cowboys 1-1 one one, got their first win in that miraculous win over Atlanta. I think that that's the kind of win that can turn around just a team's mentality. mentality. You, you sneak one out like that against a team that they should beat. 
so you feel a little lucky. You feel a little bit like, like you're, you know, playing with fire. I think that could really turn this thing around for Dallas. I think they're going to take the momentum from that win into Seattle and get a win over the Seahawks right, in the battle of the quarterbacks. It's going to be a shootout. And I, I think I, the cap for the Cowboys to win this shootout of the quarterbacks, Russell has to shoot a lot more than Dak. They Dallas needs to run the ball with Ezekiel Elliott. You need to keep the ball out of Russell Wilson's, you know, hands and, and let them throw the ball all over the field if they want. And the Cowboys need to throw the ball, but they need to have balance on the offensive side of the ball. So if they run the ball with Zach, with Zeke and make sure Russell can't score as much, Dallas wins. So yeah. I'm taking the Cowboys. That's a more ballsy pick than some of your other ones. I love that. I love that. You got some ballsy picks in there, buddy. I love it. I mean, just betting against Russell Wilson right now is, is what I'm saying with the nine touchdowns. That's any team that's a ballsy pick uh, to bet against them. But, uh, yeah, I love it. I think that the Cowboys have some momentum. You know, they've re- realized that C.D. Lamb is the receiver they want to throw to, you know, and uh, the Seahawks secondary is certainly nothing to, you know, be too scared of after Julian Edelman torched them for 179 yards to the air. So I think Truly. that that'll definitely aid them. All right. I guess we got one more game, don't we? We buddy? got one more. We do, buddy. Yannick calls me buddy, and I I don't care for it. Why don't you tell me that? I've been calling you buddy. I have. Me. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Buddy, I'll, I'll... buddy to me feels like I like my brother will call me buddy. And so I do it in that sort of situation. But otherwise, I always find it like, like, hey, guy. Hey, buddy. You don't, don't like guys? No, not really. Not really. Oh I don't think God. so. Learning pal. So it's, they sound so, they sound like, hey, pal. They sound so like, I don't, I don't know. One of my, one of my buddies, like absolutely, I'll call people my buddies, but I won't call them like buddy. And he, he absolutely despises it. Like if somebody calls him buddy or bud, oh, he's okay. like, I'm not, he's like, I'm not a little kid. Okay. Yeah, it kind of cracks me up. But yeah, we're on to the <laughs> – let us know what your thoughts are on the bud-buddy debate. Hot topic over here at Two Beers. But we are on to the game of the week, probably the game of the year. It's the Chiefs. It's the Ravens. You know, unanimously considered by everyone to be the two best teams in the NFL. Of course, the Ravens with the best record last year, the Chiefs becoming Super Bowl champions – and now they battle it out week three in Baltimore. Ravens are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I am going to take the Ravens in a win, I think. You know, we, we expect this to be the AFC Championship, although we expected it to be it last year. Um, and, and both these teams have looked good. I think Baltimore's just looked a little sharper. I've said before, I think that the Ravens seem to be a team just very locked in on their goals for the season. I think that upset just, just had – that upset by the Titans in the playoffs last year, just really have them coming back. Just like we have things to get done. We have a lot of success that we have been coming up short. So I think that focus as opposed to the chiefs who are like, ah, we know the slog fest that is the the NFL regular season and playoffs. We know how to win when it matters most. is going to be a bit of a difference. So I think that that mindset of Baltimore being like, we have to win this helps make the difference. So I think the Ravens win, but I, I think the chiefs are going to cover that three and a half points. I don't think the Ravens I, – I think it's it's a nail-biter. It's by an inch. This this game is going to be everything we want it to be, and I'm going to – so I'm taking the Ravens to win, but the Chiefs cover the three-and-a-half-point spread. I love that. Yeah, I have – the first thing I have written on my notes here, if I can read it really quickly, is 
Who fucking knows? LOL. <laughs> well said. That is uh, that is the vibe here. Uh, I'll also take the Ravens. Uh, I think the Chiefs cover the spread. You know, I think it's they lose by a by. You know what I see? I think the Ravens win by like a sixty-yard field goal by Justin Tucker. Like that's what I see at the very end of the game. Justin Tucker hitting a ridiculously long field goal. He that just could happen. Best probably best best kicker in the league. You think Justin Tucker? Yeah, I think so. I would say so. Yeah, Rodrigo Blankenship. Um, no, I I best think ro- that best rookie kicker certainly. Oh, absolutely, I have picked him up in fantasy. He's my rookie kicker. He's my he kicker. He killed this it last week for the Colts. Killed it. He killed it. We love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be such a great game. Lamar versus Mahomes, as it should be. Look for Lamar to try to prove himself throwing in this one. You know, I like Hollywood Brown having a coming out party uh, when Lamar needs him most. The Chiefs are obviously going to keep it very competitive. You know, Kelsey's been a monster, and Tyreek Hill is Cheetah once more. You know, it, it's going to be, where are the other receivers for the Chiefs is my question. You know, you talk about them having a million weapons, but really outside of Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, you know, can Edwards Hilaire pick back up, you know, that kind of starting running back role for the Chiefs? Can Mikael Hardman finally stand up? I mean, he he kind of does hasn't shown up as this deep threat that we've always expected him to be. Sammy Watkins is injured. Demarcus Robinson's inconsistent. So outside of those two, you know, receiving threats, obviously we they don't need more than that. But it's going to be interesting to see who can step up because I think if you're going to beat the Ravens, you do need like a third person to step up in the receiving game. So yeah, I have the Ravens winning. Chiefs covering the spread. They lose by a 62-yard Justin Tucker field goal. Yeah, I think it's probably even more of a credit to Mahomes and and Jackson. There's not a ton of weapon. I mean, Mahomes has Kelsey and. Tyree Kill, who are, you know, two of the, Kelsey, one of the best tight ends. Tyree Kill, a terrific receiver. Of course, there's still time for Clyde, Clyde Edwards, Alaire to really show what he can do. He's played two games in the NFL. Uh, and then for the Ravens, like Mark Andrews, touchdown machine, and, and Hollywood Brown can spread the, the field. And so, but like neither of these quarterbacks who are so, so, you know, good and put up so many points and so effective and, and just toss the ball around. It's not like they're surrounded by, you know, world like the best weapons in the league I, I i'm not saying they're you know bad by any means but for for being as prolific offenses as they are they don't have you know a plethora of guys that you're like oh yeah he's first team all pro right exactly yeah you're right they, probably they, kelsey they... like kelsey i think you would probably say first team's all pro but i i mean i love tyree kill but i don't think tyree kill's gonna be first team all receiver Right. Can you imagine what Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson would do throwing to like Mike Evans or Chris Godwin on the Bucks? Like that'd be ridiculous. That would be absolutely ridiculous. So uh, I agree. They make their players around them better, which is a tribute to them. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see who comes out in this one. It's going to be a coming out party for somebody. We'll just see like who is that person to step up. That's a it's a good way to cover it. It's like somebody is going to come out and they're going to have a big game. You heard it here first. I don't know who it is, but it's going to be a player on one of those teams. You know, that's my that's favorite a guarantee. That's my favorite take to make, Matt. You absolutely know it. It's going to be a smart take to to make. It's, it's a smart take. Look, you got to shoot some 40-foot three-pointers sometimes, and sometimes you got to shoot the layup. You gotta shoot, and I shoot. Matt, take the you know, easy I, ones. You know I shoot that layup every second I get. Yeah, every take second the easy I get. Ones. I'm, a, I'm a monster in the paint. There's no shame in in you know making the game easier on yourself. All right, so those are our NFL picks. 
We'll let you know how we do. We'll update the record. Of course, Jan, as I said, he's got a, I guess, technically a half game lead on me. Five to two. And five to three is my record. So now it's the cool down section of the podcast. This is the kickback this weekend. You deserve to relax award. Yannick, who are you giving this award to? Oh, I, I'm going to do something stupid and give it to a lot of people. So just bear with me. I, I Collective I, eye roll. Right. I mean, but here, when you hear me, it'll be less Surprise than It's I not roll. just Bayern. Oh, my gosh. It could be. It Bi- just answers Bayern Munich. You deserve to sit back and relax. No. Uh, I just want to shout out, I like I said earlier in the podcast, I've been having a real rough week. And like all my all my friends in New York and Iowa and from abroad and my family have shown so much support to me in these last couple of days. So, you know, I want to show out Hogan. You know, I want to shout out Liam, Matthew, Murray, you know, Rachel Sather. Alex Vernice, Carson Bunting, Madeline Watkins, Julia Everett, Emily Duncan, my roommate Mijan, and last but certainly not least, my podcast buddy Matthew Smith. You guys hey, have been a love you, brother. And uh, yeah, you guys all you guys all deserve to go to a resort and kick back and relax. Sounds good. Pain? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, sure. At this oh. point, <laughs> <laughs> not going to be the fanciest resort, but it'll be nice. It'll be. Oh, space to kick back. That's all that. That's all I'm looking for. We're gonna resort to something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's that's the end of the episode. Everyone, goodbye. I, I we're never recording again. And that's and that was all. That was all she wrote for Two Bears Podcast. Oh, that was really good. That was really good. What about you, buddy? Oh Just my gosh. <laughs> well, mine is not nearly as nice as yours. We love you, man. Hope you're feeling better. It is uh, certainly feel that tough times that you're going through mine is a little bit on the lighter side as far as sports i I gotta go tyler hero as i said coach cal having a hell of a recruiting session these playoffs but 37 points in that game four win it's the most at that age since magic johnson did it with 42 points when he led the lakers to the nba championship in 1980 uh derrick rose and brandon jennings right behind tyler hero in that scoring list of 20 years old so it's not uh the company of Magic Johnson isn't just the only company he has. It's not, you know, an indicator of certain success. But still, a terrific performance by the young rookie. Guy just absolutely went off. And then I also I want to give some love to Hayden Hurst. Reached out to Dax, Dak Prescott this week. Of course, Dak's been very vocal uh, about mental health, suicide, and such, as, as it's something that his brother dealt with. Hayden Hurst reached out to Dak and, and has been vocal about it himself, his own struggle with mental health and suicide. And I think there's a lot of power in, and not only, you know, what these guys do in the sense of coming out and, and saying, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Let me talk about it and stuff. But the fact that, you know, Hayden Hurst went and just went over to Dak at the end of the game and talked to him about it, that sort of, Hey, I'm, I'm dealing with this too. This is how, you know, telling somebody that you're there or that you've dealt with it or that, you know, a million other things, but just knowing for them that somebody is there or that somebody has been in this situation themselves is a big comfort because I think a lot of times when you're in those dark places like that, you, you feel alone and you feel like you're the only person that has ever felt like this. And it's not the case. Um, so massive round of applause for Dak and Hayden Hurst for, for all the work they're doing. Um, applaud those guys and, and applaud them for putting in, something that's very intimate and and scary right there in the media in front of everybody, you know, stuff that I'm sure 
they would probably like to just deal with themselves, but they know the power that they can do by dealing with it in more of a public eye. So cheers to both of those guys. Yeah. I love that, man. That's such a, that's such a good point. And I, yeah, what Hayden Hurst did was amazing. And Dak Prescott is dealing with is also, you know, amazing that he's so strong still and through everything. And yeah, we've talked about with NBA players, NFL players too, you know, these are still people. And when they come out and pretend, you know, and, and, and kind of stop pretending that they're, you know, other just athletes and, you know, show us their humanity. It makes us all better people. You know, I definitely think that. Um, For sure. Yeah. Letting them, you know, have the stage to, to be humans is, is nice instead of just, instead of just shut up and dribble, you know? Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> all right, Yannick, we've all got it. We've got the book that's, it's on the bedside table. It's on our bookshelf. We, we bought it once cause we thought it looked good or we wanted to read it or, you know, it's a gift from an aunt or, what have you, but but it's the book that's just been sitting on the shelf for probably a little too long, but you're extremely excited to read it. Like it, it's not just a placeholder. You're you're pumped to read it, but it's just kind of been there collecting dust. What book has been collecting too much dust on your shelf? Oh, it's easy for me. I have Dune on my shelf and it's still not read. And it's Dune. And it's like such a classic. And now the movie's coming out and the trailer looks awesome. And I'm just like, I have to read this, guys. It's so bad. It's good, I, I dude. So Dune is is my pick for that. It's it's collected so much dust I can't even read the spine of it anymore. And I and I need to start. I need to start. <laughs> Another dad joke for you. Hi, that's me. Uh, he's out he's on fire tonight, guys. Come on down to the funny bone. Oh my god! Yeah, I definitely get, get the get the dust off that one. I read that for a sci-fi film class my last year at Iowa, and definitely recommend it. It's a great book. Mine is Titan, which is biography about John D. Rockefeller. It's by Ron Chernow, who did the Alexander Hamilton biography that Lin Manuel, of course, wrote the musical, kind of based off of. So yeah, just a great big biography about Rockefeller. I'm always really interested in in you know, I guess quote unquote, the men who made America in the sense of Rockefeller, Morgan, Vanderbilt, Ford and Carnegie, and just kind of the, the moves they made Those dudes were crazy rich and kind of all horrible people, but that's why, that's why, that's why they're kind of fascinating. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yannick, it's your favorite time of the week. Favorite no! time of the day. Just favorite time. It's the quick fire questions. Oh gosh. My seat is already hot. It's hot. I think these are fun. Like they're like kind of tough, so but they're... they're so much fun. They're so much. I don't have any time to think, you know, we plan everything yeah. else. Out, and this is just so like, I, you could ask me something that I don't have an opinion on truthfully. Like I don't really know. So it'll be interesting. Well, we're about to get them underway. So sit tight. All right. Number one, do you think that Robert Lewandowski can put together another Ballon d'Or season? Or do you think that Bayern's embarrassment of riches, like Gnabry, Komen, Sané, Gretzka, Mueller. I mean, the list goes on and on. They scored eight goals the other day, and Lewandowski had one from the penalty spot. So do you think – let me re-kind of question this. Do you think he can put a season together and and possibly win the Ballon d'Or, or do you think just the amount of players that Bayern has, the amount of players that contribute to their team and to their team's success is going to take away – from any individual praise or accolades that would come to Lewandowski's way. 
I hate to say this because, you know, I love Robert Lewandowski and he's been so clinical for so many years. But at the end of last season, he was already kind of not looking himself. You know, he he was missing shots and he wasn't looking as prolific. And you're right. There's just like Bayern's way to play now is they're going to run six guys at you and whoever gets the last touch gets the last touch. Like that there's a reason why so many people score on that team. And it's not because they're naturally going like born goal scorers all the time, you know. And Nabry's coming more into his own as a goal scorer. You know, I don't think Sané will get – I think he'll be like an assist machine for me. Uh, I still think he gets a lot of goals. I still think he probably gets as many goals as, like, anyone in the Bundesliga. But I don't think – Ballon d'Or season. Yeah, I think, but is it ba- Ballon d'Or goals enough? Right. I don't think so. You know, I think – in my head, the only way that they do that is if he is the reason that they win a, se- a consecutive triple. You know, that is that is the only thing. If he goes through the Champions League, scores in those important games, then, you know, I can see it. But I'm going to I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that last season was his Bolado or season and was criminally taken away. I, I, I like that. I mean, I think I, I agree. I think, you know, he, he was certainly favorite for this year and, and should have won it. And, you know, there's still time to just give the award, you morons. I don't understand why you're not. But, yeah, I mean, I think it, Lewandowski's getting older. He's still going to be a great player. He's still going to score a lot of goals. But I do see it as just the amount of talent, the amount of guys that contribute. It, it's going to be tough for him to, like, really, really distinguish himself just because of, of the talent that's all over your guys' team. Yeah, it's a it's – a, All right, it's our a next. Good... Yeah. yeah, oh, absolutely. It's it, – like the best problem to have in sports. All right, next quick fire question. Give me your NLCS and your ALCS predictions. I just want the teams. I don't want any discussion. I just want to hear. I don't know. I don't need to know why they got there, but give me who's making the AL championship series and the NL championship series. Oh. So give you my final four. Oh gosh. Um okay. But like, okay. So when I say these teams, I'm so I'm solely picking on my favorite teams in both division. I'm not picking on they couldn't get there because they'd have to play each other earlier, correct? Yeah, you don't you don't have to have like the playoff bracket in mind. Okay. Because then just like tell me, just tell me like because we don't know what the whole layout looks like. So just tell me without seeing the bracket, without knowing it, if you just had to be like, Oh, these are the two teams from each side that are gonna get there. Right. Okay. So NL for me is easy. It's going to be a Dodgers Padres NLCS. That's what I want to see. We love it. Slam Diego versus the best team in the league. Uh, I do love that matchup in the NLCS. In the ALCS, in the ALCS, I have a upset alert for you. It is going to be two teams that you don't expect. And it's because one of them's catching fire late, and it's because one of them got healthy now. It's going to be Yankees Braves in the ALCS. Well, it can't be the Braves. Oh, they're NL, aren't they? Oh, I always yep. forget Atlanta and it's AL. Okay, so then I'm going to change my mind. It's going to be Yankees. It's going to be Yankees Rays. I think it's an. It's then I then I right. think it's Yankees. So two Rays. two divisional matchups in the championship series. I love it. I love it. I love it. They're be good. Team. I love the Yankees to really make some noise. They're getting healthy at the right time. So I do love that. For you sure. Know. I think so as well. All right. Our last quick fire question. You're almost out of the hot seat. 
On February 7th, 2010, a 31-year-old Drew Brees won the Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP. Around a year later, a 27-year-old Aaron Rodgers did the same thing. Neither of them have not only not held the Lombardi again, they haven't even played for it. Which player is a bigger disappointment for not competing and winning more Super Bowls? Gosh, that's hard. Um, I, it's hard to call players disappointments. Obviously, with they, they, you know, Aaron Rodgers did so much for Green Bay, and they just didn't have a lot of weapons around him a lot of the time. And, and Mitch uh, won. Right, I'm just wording it out. And Drew Brees. That's not I, what the quick fire questions are. They aren't. Let me talk this out. You let talk, me talk around the question. I'm not talking. Well, then the start. Question. Then start getting. Start turning the heat on me. Okay, so then I think I'm going to say Drew Brees because he's working with Sean Payton for this long and and that's supposed to be such like a fire connection, you know? That's supposed to be like like you guys know each other better, like Belichick and Brady, that's why they won so much. And Sean Payton and Brees should have been that, especially with the weapons that they had in New Orleans and the defense that they sometimes had. And yeah, you can say all you want about about the missed calls and you probably should have been in a Super Bowl, but you know, at the same point you could have won, you know, and not had it come down to one play. You could have been a, you know, you could have been better about that. So I think Drew Brees in my head. I like it. I actually go Rogers, uh, which is tough to say as a Packers fan, but I think for me, it's Rogers is more of a generational type player i mean bruce breeze is a terrific quarterback and is, is as you said earlier in this episode holds about every passing record that you can and has done so much but i, I you know Re- breeze's success is a lot like oh i can't believe he's this, this good you know smaller quarterback such and such where rogers like was undisputably the best quarterback and best player in the nfl for several years and unfortunately the packers did not take advantage of that as well as they probably should have. But that's our episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Yannick survives the quick fire questions yet again, although barely. Thank you all so much for joining us. Please stay safe out there. Wear a mask, register to vote, hold the door for the elderly, smile at your neighbor. I don't know. Feed a helpless bird. Yannick, what do you have for the people? Yeah, I just want to say thank you guys for listening. We love you as always. Give those September episodes a listen so we can donate some more money. We're about at 150 right now. We want to get to 200 before the end of the month. That's uh, get those numbers up. Let's get those numbers up. And you got time and we got episodes for you. So let's do it. And yeah, you know, want to give another, you know, rest in peace shout out to uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Obviously lost her earlier this week. And with everything going on, uh, what an icon. And, uh, you know, let's, let's do her memory justice this, this November. And do far more streaking. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Cheers, y'all.